Welcome to the Dementia Caregiver Talk Show, a podcast to help you navigate the senior care maze. Learn and laugh with us as we discuss creative solutions and ideas to common and uncommon dementia care challenges and how to make sense of the senior care industry and options even if you're not a professional. Hello and welcome to the Dementia Caregiver Talk Show. I think it's episode 17. We're flying along Mm -hmm. and it's a very special episode. Another one because we have some, last time I said special guests and then we really decided it's special friends here. Oh, there you go. That works. So um, I'm here with uh, Tifa Snow and Lynn Posell. And today we'll be talking about recognizing changes in intimate relationships. Yeah, that's a tough one. It is. And it's tough for lots of reasons. And we particularly today thought we'd focus in a little bit on spousal relationship or partner relationships. That that kind of relationship you've had with somebody that you chose them and they chose you and you've had a time together and it worked really well. So it was a good relationship. It wasn't a nasty one. It was really one you both liked and you both loved being with each other. But then dementia got in the picture and things started to change. So what we wanted to sort of focus in a little bit is what is this thing called intimacy that we're missing? Um, And to do that, Lynn and I started pulling it apart a little bit. So Lynn, talk about some of the different ways in which people could be intimate. We're just going to lay it out there and sort of think it through a little bit. Well, so we, I think we tend to go right to physical intimacy. Yeah. And with spouses, particularly or partners, that's one of the things that makes that relationship extra special. Um, and in our society, it's actually one of those things. If, if you have someone and you are at that level of intimacy with somebody, you sort of say nobody else but you. Yeah, mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mostly. Or if you have a different relationship, it's not advertised. Let's just, let's just say that. Right. So this physical intimacy. So people are used to physical intimacy. And so they often, what's another word for physical intimacy in a spousal relationship? Sex. Oh, Oh, I mean, it it often involves (laughs) sex or sexual (laughs) acts. I mean, it involves living together, Mm -hmm. sleeping together, spending a lot of time together physically, um, but also having permission to touch each other and engage with each other Mm -hmm. whenever it sort of strikes both of us or one of us. So physical intimacy. So that's one mm-hmm. where we could be intimate physically. And then there's one that I think is real important with spousal pairs or partners is an intellectual intimacy. Like we like talking with each other. We like sharing ideas. We like um, going some back and forth on on some thinking. Like, what do you think about this? Well, what if we were to do this? What, I mean, have you ever had that So for you, I'm just curious, intellectual intimacy versus physical intimacy. Do you have anybody in your life beside a partner that you would think that maybe intellectual intimacy might also be a part of the puzzle? Yeah, I'm an introvert, but I have Mm -hmm. two other friends that I would say I'm intimate with in an intellectual way. In an intellectual way. So liking to talk with each other and think with each other and how do you put a puzzle together kind of with each other? Mm -hmm. Could you have that deeper, deeper intellectually talking about things than just surface level. But also possibly having that with your spouse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So friends for intellectual friends for physical intimacy. 
some that would it be different it would, yeah it would be different yeah if you're playing sports or you know in a in a um mud run you know, <laughs> oh yeah you, <laughs> you get real yeah. intimate real yeah. fast yeah. and then it's like who thought this yeah. was a good idea oh that's intellectual you talked me into it um how about what about another one that strikes you in spouse pairs particularly probably the emotional mm. in- intimacy okay so being emotionally intimate with somebody and comfortable being with that emotional state with somebody. So being intimate emotionally is sort of like being able to be vulnerable and bare in front of them. Right. And still feel safe. At and the feel same safe. Time. Yeah. And you trust, mm-hmm. I think is a big piece of emotional intimacy. Right. I trust you with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I trust you with this emotion and you trust me with your emotion. And we, we agree that that there's a level of that. And that's different than physical trust or I mean, physically being intimate or, mm-hmm. or even intellectually. Um, how about the idea of social intimacy? Social intimacy, I think, might look different depending on if you're an introvert or an extrovert. Uh-huh. Tell me about that. Because that's a. I think that's right. I think you're right. So Because I have friends who are extroverts and feel that they are super connected really quickly. And as an introvert, that's not for yeah. me. Socially, I need to be around you socially more often or frequently or have a history with you to feel social intimacy. Okay. So for people who like to be in control of relationships and want to have some sort of sense of being in control, then it takes a while to develop a social intimate. Or a sense of who you are uh might take me longer to Mm -hmm. know whether you're going to be a good fit for me. Yeah. Socially. Yeah, yeah. Like we're going to hang together and it's a good match for us. We would right. both enjoy the same kind of spaces and the same kind of social activities. Mm-hmm. And so we could be together and you know how to shut up during a concert or how to engage and talk about the concert. So, um, so you're right. Probably extroverts would probably form relationships a lot quicker or know a lot quicker whether they like a relationship Yeah, and find value in various relationships. And so they have a lot of sort of intimates that are lightweight intimates, I guess, for the introvert side yeah. of the street. Whereas the extroverts would say, no, I just have lots of friends that I'm intimate with. And introverts more along the line of, yeah, I have a few friends mm-hmm. and I know them well. And then I put up with other people kind of thing. Um, so there's one more that, you know, that I think people underestimate and that that's spiritual intimacy. So talk about that a little bit and you and your spouse kind of ideas, but you and not your spouse. How do you meet your spiritual intimacy needs? What is the spiritual? So the spiritual intimacy, I think, has a different dynamic Mm -hmm. sometimes. The same and different, maybe. Yeah. But your sense of spirituality is your relationship with something other, Mm -hmm. um, something greater, perhaps, uh, than yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, how you see that or experience it, that depends on your religious path or non-religious path, you know, that kind of thing. But having a person who either understands or can be there with you um, and recognize this spiritual component that you have together. Yeah. So being in a spouse pair, if you have someone who doesn't have a similar spiritual sort of pattern or, or belief, that would be hard to have that level of intimacy in other ways and not have that? Or is it possible? What do you think? 
You mean other ways if your if your spouse didn't? Yeah, if my my path of spiritual belief was not my spouse's, mm-hmm. what would that do to the intimacy of the relationship? I don't know. I would think that at least in the relationships that I've seen where that's happened, mm-hmm. that you that the two partners still respect that someone else is on a spiritual path or sees their spirituality differently. There has to be still that mutual respect, but then it is important that you're able to connect with, you know, other people Mm -hmm. or things that promote that, that spiritual Mm -hmm. essence, that, that, that sense, that intimacy. So before we get into dementia, we may have a variety of intimacy needs that we meet in different ways. For some people, finding that one person and having that one one relationship to meet all those needs, you might actually find that person. And for other people, they get those needs met in different ways from different relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet that spouse relationship, that's, that's sort of one of those special ones. So I wonder what, when people experience then the act of being intimate, if we were to talk about what are some common ways we show that we enjoy being intimate with someone that are physical, what are some common ones that you can think of? Eye contact. Eye contact, yeah. Hugs, kisses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Touching. Touching. Permission to touch and and touching. Uh, What about intellectual intimacy? What are some things that sort of jump out? The ways we're intellectually, yeah. Or, how or, how would we show that? Like having conversations. Yeah, looking, you know, acting as if you're in curious about what the other person. Yeah, has so to actually say. asking questions, taking in data, and when I take that in, holding on to it, so we can use it again in our conversations as we have another intellectual encounter. So paying attention. Yep. Sharing ah, what you've learned be, or yeah. What, yeah. Oh, guess what happened. You're not going to believe this. So what do you think about, you know, that kind of conversation? Do you think some spouse pairs have a different way of doing that? Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Oh, you aren't going to do that, are you? That doesn't make any sense. Well, yes, it does. What are you talking about? You know, we we tend to think of spouse relationships as these lovely things. But in fact, some of us have some interesting patterns and behaviors before we ever get to dementia. Um, And where I could make fun of some things that you do and Mm -hmm. tease or play, be playful. um, That's an intellectual intimacy that also engages some emotional intimacy. Um, And it depends on us trusting each other that we aren't going to hurt each other. We're being playful. We're, we're teasing, we're playing the game. Um, but we have to know the boundary markers and mm-hmm. we have to trust each other to always respect those boundary markers. So let's move on then and talk for just a second here about, is it necessary that one person does everything meets all the needs of the other in all spousal relationships? Do you think? Not at all. I think it has to be mutually agreed upon mm-hmm. to have a healthy relationship, mm-hmm. whether that person is the person or not. The or there's going to be somebody yeah. else. And mm-hmm. that's okay because, you know, we're different enough that that's important that you get that need met. So I want you to get that. And here's my need that I need met. Mm-hmm. So what happens when people have dementia that just knocks everything from here to tomorrow? It changes everything. Yeah. As my disease might change me, then everything about our relationship has the risk of being changed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then add on top of that, that about 50% of the time, I won't realize that I'm actually changing. And so all I can see is your changes. Mm-hmm. You want to speak for your side of it if you're my care partner? Well, and I'm super frustrated because you don't see what's going on. And I'm trying to now point things out or I'm trying to take care of things. And you see that dynamic changing and you're reacting to that as well. Yeah. So what happens to our intimacy right away? Yeah, that's probably gone. Yeah. And so we're both frustrated with the loss of intimacy, whether it's I'm physically not doing things the way I used to do them or I'm not physically I'm more interested or less interested and I'm not picking up on your cues mm-hmm. and it feels like a rejection or it feels like you're, why are you doing this? I don't understand why you're being so mean for no good reason. So suddenly we're, are we liking each other as much as we used to like each other? No. Yeah. And the reality of intimacy is really, I like being with you, mm-hmm. whether it's physical, emotional, whether it's intellectual, spiritual, I, social, I like you. Um, and this thing called dementia calls into question how much I like what's happening, how much I like what's going on. And people tend to think I too often with dementia that intimacy is this one thing. Mm-hmm. And I think by teasing it apart, we can start to own up for ourselves. What am I missing? What is not here for me that used to be here for me? Um, what do I miss the most? What do I want the most? What am I having the greatest challenge with letting go of or, or finding a way to make it work? Um, so do you think there's going to be a difference if indeed I got all my needs met by you? We were such a duo and that's really, we were, we were it. We, we, we made it work for us and that's all we needed really. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we got some needs met there and some needs met elsewhere. <laughs> so folks, we accidentally hit a little button. So the machine started up behind us, but we're back at it. Yeah. Yeah. We won't give up. It's just one of those interesting moments where those things happen. So what do you think Lynn about uh, for people who it's a little different, they get their needs met in a variety of ways. So those two situations, one where we are complete, the two of us complete everything. And the other situation where we find that we get our needs met in different places, but we have a real deep relationship, but it's just that we go and do things differently because that's how we have that deep relationship is taking care of ourselves apart from each other. So we can be together. We enjoy being together. Yeah. I think they're both different and the same, you know, at the same time where the two, if we were completed each other, we're, we're kind of a package and we're always together now, when you change, I really, I'm going to really struggle with those losses. And in the same sense, if I found some intimacy in the other scenario, if now I, I have to be with you 24 seven, then I lose that as well. So there's still, yeah. there's a loss. It just looks a little different maybe. Yeah. And so we're going to wrap this session up by just saying this session was really getting us to look in the mirror at ourselves and at each other and to realize as a spouse partner, it can be really hard and really lonely long before I realize it's hard and lonely. But the same is true for the person who's living with dementia. And what's really hard is the people standing around us and living around us may notice something and not know what to do. So, In another session, we might try to address, so how do you help somebody 
who you notice in a spouse pair is really struggling, either because they're losing their partner and their partner is everything, or they're losing their partner and they aren't getting to do the things they need to do for themselves anymore to feel whole. And now two of them are struggling with this condition, not just one, and you want to do something, but you're not sure how to help. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tipa. Thank you, Lynn. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's such a tough topic too. And because, you know, as we always say, it's like, you know, if you're a professional caregiver, that's one thing, but when it's personal, it's very different. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and yet professionals aren't always sure how to help people and they try to right. tell them what to do rather than trying to figure out what to do. Exactly. Um, and opening the door and starting the conversation is a real challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Even in the spousal relationship. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Thank Valerie. you so much, ladies. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye.